So you're listening to Ergo, right? Which we appreciate. But you want Ergo and all your other podcasts to sound good. That's why you should be listening on Overcast. Overcast is a better podcast app than whatever you're using right now, unless it's Overcast. Get Overcast for free on the App Store. Hello. Good day, world. Are you settled in for a wonderful hour with us? I'm about as settled as I can be. Yeah, you look pretty settled. You brought your neck pillow, you got your eye mask, you're ready to go. One may call me a uh, a radical settler. <laughs> oh no. I'm changing That's, the game. I'm re- 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 reclaiming it settled? and just sitting still where I'm comfortable. All right. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get into it. You can't that, move me, people. <laughs> Damon will not be moved, which is good because we're here for the next hour on Ergo, WHBK, ErgoRadio.com. I'm Kiss. I'm Damon. Shout out Post Loudner. Shout out Wizard Radio. Shout out the Chicago Podcast Co-op. Yes. Shout out the 123 people we've had on the show. Shout out the city. Shout out the world. Shout out you. And always, shout out to moms. Absolutely. All the moms out there. We have a very <laughs> special guest with us here on this week's episode. But first... Let's uh let's announce. What do you got, Dame? Uh let's let's go to the uh the home team at Breathing Room Space this Saturday. We have our monthly Black Magic Kickback. This is our holistic turn-up series so that we can autonomously upkeep, maintain, and rehab the breathing room space, which is a movement building hub, liberation oasis on the south side of Chicago. And it can be your home for healing, organizing, and creativity. When is that? That's Saturday. That's Saturday, nine to one. There's a suggested five dollar donation. There's hookah bar. There's bar, regular bar. There's a. There can be a food bar sometimes. I don't know if we got that confirmed or not. The hookah is confirmed. The hookah is confirmed. The liquor is confirmed. We should also try to give people food (laughs) if we're giving them those other things. Also, some some cool t shirts. Uh, I think we're gonna. Oh. Benita Appleblunt is going to be okay. DJing. And, you know, we find other things to pull out of our yeah. sleeves. I just kind of forgot some of the other specifics. That's fair. So come through come Saturday. Through. 1434 West 51st, Saturday, the 27th of January. A couple other things. Uh, tonight uh, is the Puerto Rico Solidarity Brigade info session. That's mm. uh, the Teachers Union's uh, Hispanic Caucus and a couple other organizations are meeting and talking about some of the work they've been doing, bringing supplies back and forth, and then kind of the next stages of their organizing. Where's that going to be? That's a great question. Uh, Check our Twitter for that. All right. All right. Uh, Tomorrow night, uh, our, I'd say, podcast compatriots and friends, The Lit Review, uh, both of whom have been on the show, Monica and Paige, are doing a live show. Mm, check them out. Blowing up at Hairpin Art Center, uh, and it is featuring Simon Balto and Toussaint Lozier. I don't know much about they, what they doing. look smart. They look real smart. They I don't got know like those a, people either. Yeah, like like long <laughs> locks. Like you know, we were just talking smart, about Carl yeah, Hart, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. the uh, scientist who has like the professor locks. Yes, there's definitely that's that is that was after. Professor Lux. <laughs> uh, so that's at Hairpin tomorrow night, Friday night from 6 to 9. And then, you mentioned Black Magic Kickback. Fast forwarding a little bit next Thursday, Eric Olam Ellen Mayer is launching a new podcast. It's called Illinois, and it's about state politics. It's going to be interviews with reporters and people doing cool stuff. She's doing a kind of collaborative uh, visioning session and planning session for the show as part of the public newsroom. Uh, that's at Build Coffee next 
Thursday. And then lastly, for our New York and East Coast people, we are going to be out that way uh, next week for the Our Liberation Summit at Sarah Lawrence College. Uh, we'll be we're, we're the media partner and we'll be co-hosting the um, the whole conference and especially the keynote with friend of the show and Ergo alum Eve Ewan. Um, so registration is still open for that. It's either free or super cheap. Let me know if you want help on that end. Uh, but the website is ourliberationslc.com. Before we get to our very, very special guest, one last... I think our intros are getting too long. Yeah, one last announcement for the community. Date to be determined. Uh, but Dale Kisslinger and I might either have a water balloon fight or a slap boxing match on King Drive <laughs> if he refers to me as goofy, a goofy, or any other uh, derivative of the word. I think that's our only like culture gap thing. Because mm-hmm. I, I hear it with like a casualness, mm-hmm. but I receive it as <laughs> the deepest insult possible. And middle school <laughs> means inverse impact. Yeah, middle school means not sure if you're trying to fight or not. And so Well, I don't know if I am <laughs> So stay tuned for that flyer coming soon. We'll keep you Let's do it. Yeah. It's you about wanna, that time. You want to bring it in? All right. All I right. Feel like I've done the last Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm 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 good with this. Uh let me get my adjectives ready. The phenomenal, spectacular, I would say transformative and always tranquil. Someone who I really enjoy to see gets a big hug, gets a big hug on site every time. Friend of the show, been way too long to have her up here. Everybody make some noise wherever you are. For Bria Royal in the house tonight or today. Wow, those are great sound effects. Mm -hmm. Adjectives and sound effects is what we we bring to the table. You two have like, just being here for like five minutes, Mm -hmm. you have such chemistry and like... I could just write a screenplay about you. Oh, well, thank you. You would happily start. <laughs> you are invited to do that. This is now a brainstorming session that you are listening to. Everybody. And when you see the choreography and the chemistry of our slapbox fight, it's going to look like Capoeira. <laughs> that shit's going to be smooth. If you do go for the water balloon fight, mm-hmm. when I was in high school, my high school graduation slash birthday party was a foam party. Ooh. So you could add some foam to that. Always Ooh. a good idea. Never as fun an execution in my personal experience. <laughs> it's, it's it gets on people's it's eyes. Yeah. yeah, I'm not trying to go through a car wash on a Friday night. But it know? looks great on camera. Yeah. Exactly. How did your foam party go? And then we'll get into the, the nitty gritty of what we do. It was really fun. <laughs> uh, we used like this shop vac and then mm-hmm. put like a towel over it. And then mm-hmm. just like feed the vacuum into the bucket. And like, I don't know, somehow it just creates foam. It's really dope. Would you say that that's the point in your life that, or the event in your life that foam has played the largest part in? Yes, I would Mm -hmm. definitely say so. No, I'm glad we got that on the record. (laughs) So let's start the show how we always like to start it. Uh, In this season, in this week, in this moment, how is the world treating you and how are you treating the world? Ooh, the world is easing up. Oh, okay. It's easing up, so I can appreciate that. Uh, it was going real hard at the beginning of this year. Yeah. Uh, In what way? As much as you want to share. Um, there was just a lot. I feel like I'm definitely at like a turning point in my life, and like there's a lot of loss, kind of like starting the year off. Uh, and I was just, I just didn't know really how to process it, but I think yeah. I'm finally like figuring out how to process it and like figuring out how to disperse my time. Yeah. And I guess treating the world something I'm trying to do is be much more intentional at my time in terms of like relationships to other people and Mm -hmm. really hang out with people in a way that I can be fully present, if that makes sense. So initiating more like Mm. community building and things like that. What's your like ideal hangout? 
Ooh. ideal hangout. Great, great hors d'oeuvre of a question. Instead of the moose boost for the rest <laughs> of the conversation. I would say like going to a museum probably. Mm-hmm. Um if it wasn't so cold out, skateboarding together, mm-hmm. things like that. How about you, Dane? Um, I think somewhere from like three to thirty-three people <laughs> where there is danceable music levels but also the acoustics for solid conversation mm-hmm. uh, a flow where you're able to like work the room mm-hmm. so you're not like just in one spot so you can you know kind of work some pods um non if, if we're going to be consuming substances non-market retail rate alcohol <laughs> so either like we're buying it wholesale we got our own bottle or it's an or open bar situation you know like you know yeah. so a mix of a dance and a, and a conversation uh and you know i like to see people being loose and liberated and and, and free you know like not exactly like uh, the, the language is coming to my mind is like a sex positive space but it doesn't necessarily have to be sexual mm-hmm. but a sensual kind of like I see people being loose. I see people having fun. I see people a little being, more like connected. being free and unrestrained. You seem like a medium-sized party person. Medium-sized party. I hate medium-sized parties. Why do you hate medium-sized parties? Because. You, so, but does that mean you like big and small parties? Yes. Oh. Because I can do a small party. <laughs> I don't like at a medium-sized party, there's like, you feel pressure. You, you're expected to like say something to everyone still, mm-hmm. but yeah. it's too many people to have like a conversation. real conversation yeah. with. Uh, that's yeah. but that's right at my sweet spot. Okay, okay. <laughs> a lot of Damon. acknowledgement, no real conversations. Damon's looking for a lot of like like a quick dab. Like, how's it been? How's it going? Well, I'm, I gotta go over there. I gotta check the radiator. I'll yeah. be right back, and yeah. then you're gone. I, I feel like we're we discussed yeah. this often. I feel like we we're kind of close. Yeah. At our ideal. See, my thing is, I can do a small. I started with three, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. small to mid, mid medium range parties. Yeah. I think that's. I think I have found my two ideals are like. Five pe- five to eight people with no defined roles. We're just hanging out. <laughs> and then like 50 and I have a defined role. So I'm DJing ah, or I'm producing nah. or I'm hosting. So once or you get I, over the medium, I need to have need a role. To plug I in. need somewhere. Otherwise, I'm just like, to your point, like this is a little overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is just a real nice little glimpse into our respective anxieties. <laughs> I, 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 think I, I think I feel that. I, I can do a role at like medium to above medium. I just need one partner that has a role. I don't even need to have the role. As long, if I know the DJ, yeah. if I know someone hosting or performing and like I got proximity to a role where I can kind of just like, all right, I'm chilling by this. Are you as analytical about this as the two of us are? Oh, yes. Yeah. That's, oh, yeah. I that, was my, that was my impression as well. <laughs> How do you deal with the fact that some people aren't? Because that's something I really, people yeah. just like show up. They're like, what's up? I'm here. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, bro, I need to know how you fit in my life in mm-hmm. this exact moment. Mm-hmm. And like, that really gives me a lot of anxiety. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think about like any kind of, I'm actually autistic. I don't know if a lot of people know that. Oh, okay. But I think I really overthink any kind of social interaction at all. Um, not that it, I'm like a shy person at all mm-hmm. and I'm not necessarily outgoing either, but I definitely have to like know what's happening and if i right. don't know what's happening then i just have to sit back like you know the meme with the white lady and all the like the equations yeah <laughs> that's like me assessing a social situation and then i'll figure out like oh this is my role here and i'll be like perfect i think the the white lady meme that speaks most to me and my behavior is the i was told by apple care 
as I I want to ask some follow up questions, but I just want to make a statement. Mm -hmm. In these social settings, I think what people need to work on is asking better questions. Yes. People are bad question askers and answerers. It's like, give me something where I can go somewhere. And once what I give you back, take that and go somewhere with it. Let's build a chain here. Exactly. I don't like ambiguity. I you guess know, you can say that's like I don't like ambiguity in social settings. Mm. Where in your life are you cool with ambiguity? <sighs> Nowhere. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not gonna go like full armchair therapist psychologist, but uh-huh. you know that that kind of like certainty of it or or the specificity of it. How does that? We haven't even like talked at all about what you do. So let, let, let's kind of dive into the yeah. art stuff. For yeah, sure. we'll get For that sure. later. I like how you said nitty gritty. The nitty gritty. The nitty gritty. I think we need a nitty gritty uh, horn. But where where does that... Where does... <laughs> Just... I'm Bria, by the way. Oh. <laughs> hey, everyone. We started talking about parties. And... Yeah. yeah, no, we, said, we <laughs> You said, definitely we, said yeah, my yeah, name. Yeah. Just you definitely touch. did. But, but in, your, in your craft and in your art making, where does mm-hmm. that like specificity or that desire to not have that that vagueness show up uh i think it's in my planning any art piece i do there's a whole planning document behind Mm. even if it's the simplest thing because the way i like to start any project is building the world that this project exists in um and when you're world building you have to kind of figure out like what is the infrastructure of this world what are the rules here like I start with a lot of like what if clauses and then like kind of fill in the blank Mm -hmm. so I have these like universe rules for each Mm -hmm. like major project that I work on Mm -hmm. so even if though all those rules don't necessarily like come through in the final piece when I look at it I'm like oh yeah that's like that because this, this is what happens on Tuesdays in this fictional yeah. universe or whatever. Can we call, can we, is there an example of that kind of like world rule making that doesn't necessarily like show up in the, in the piece itself? But like, let's say either whether with Black Romania, which we'll talk about or some of the other project, like what's, what's an example of a piece of the world you created that someone might not know just from looking at, at the final product from it. Yeah, with Black Girl Mania, I have like a little doodled like map. And I debated whether or not I wanted to like include a world map in the book or not. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to keep it more vague, more ambiguous, so people could kind of place the setting wherever they were thinking of in their mind. Um, but there are very distinct like districts. like, mm-hmm. And they're somewhat like referenced vaguely throughout the book as well. But there's very distinct like districts. And each district has its own like personality um and like what they're known for and things like that yeah that's cool i I went real you you sent over like the the advanced copy or the online copy this morning or you you sent it yesterday but i procrastinated and i (laughs) procrastination yesterday to this morning yeah that's good work yeah but we were talking at noon (laughs) 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 i had to leave my house started today early i uh (laughs) and i was like completely sucked into it so for those who don't know what is black romania Yeah, so Black Girl Mania um, is my comic series. It started as an online web-only series, actually. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I really, as a web series, it was more of just kind of a diary. Um, It was just like things that were happening to me, and I would just kind of put them in story format in this fictional universe with a fictional character um, and companions so that it's just easier to talk about. Mm -hmm. Um, And... After a while, I wanted to just add more. I was like lacking that kind of real character development, that like world building around it, because yeah. it was just kind of like a diary and like mm-hmm. very unstructured. Yeah. And I was like, I really want to revamp this series with more of that kind of development behind it. 
Um, so I was like, I'll just write a book, which was like just. kind of insane. <laughs> yeah. So I, um, Black Girl Mania, the graphic novel came out of that. Um, and the main premise of Black Girl Mania, it's a play on the phrase Black Girl Magic. Yeah. Um, because me as someone who is bipolar, I feel like a lot of times what people perceive as my magic is really just like my mania. And that's not like just my mania, but mm-hmm. um, it's often a product of that mania side of bipolar disorder. Um, mm. And it's kind of funny. The whole series is kind of like a sad joke because I've literally only worked on it during manic episodes, mm. <laughs> like being bipolar. Um but yeah, it's about the main character is named Jimenez. Uh, and I chose that name because um, I feel like Gemini's get a lot of the, a lot of stereotypes we have about Gemini's perpetuate like very negative stereotypes about people who are bipolar, yeah. actually, mm-hmm. in a joking way. But me as a bipolar Gemini, it's really yeah. annoying. <laughs> it's I'm like, like, no, you're connecting this to yeah. the wrong piece of me, my this, friend. This double consciousness right, is right, right. Um, And it takes place just off the coast of the last habitable landmass on the planet. So in this fictional universe, uh, one of the main, like, if clauses there is, what if the last landmass on the Earth was the size of Puerto Rico? And what kind of society will we have if we had that little actual land Mm. space left um so one of the things that's actually a catastrophic fear of mine um so a lot of my writing I like to take my catastrophic fears and just kind of say okay what if that did happen um rather than being like like, that would be the end of the world it's like no let's say that's not the end let's figure that out let's flesh it out and find out what it would look like let's build that contingency plan yeah exactly (laughs) um so one of the things is that uh a lot of people were kind of pushed out and people are living in these kind of aquatic communities Mm. particularly the lower class but there's still like a uh you know upper class bourgeoisie that is living on the land and science for example is a much more um governmentally like instituted thing when you're in a like kind of near apocalyptic universe um all things like that um yeah i can't even remember what the original that that was (laughs) beautiful beautiful information so i mean i just saw the copy right before we came in here and it just like off like a first 30 second glance looks really amazing and i'm like really proud of you first of all thank you um because when you say, I'll just write a book, well, you just wrote a book. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so as we're unflowing the, let me get that nitty gritty one more time. Nitty gritty. As, as we're unfolding this nitty gritty, uh, you know, I, I intentionally didn't do like a, I did a humanized introduction of like how and who you are instead of like mm-hmm. a what you do check slash thing. Yeah. Uh, but just so for people to know, you know, Bria is an amazing visual artist, um, also uh, a super phenomenal organizer. Uh, teaching artists and I would I feel like I receive you as a writer I don't know if I've ever heard you like I, claim to be a writer but now you like, wrote, wrote a book so yeah, you can't yeah you can't you can't throw that off anymore yeah so go ahead and take that it's always with writing <laughs> and like filmmaking that I'm like am I that like mm-hmm. because writing it's like I do comics mm-hmm. which is a form of writing of course and like within film I do animation um but both of those are like Subsets. very like yeah but they are still the exactly. thing and they're also exactly. incredibly yeah. difficult <laughs> yeah and well done um and so a- another thing that I think I um have the deepest admiration 
for and also try to like follow your model um, is on how you have an understanding of uh, mental health throughout the world, but also a deep understanding within yourself and then also a, a grace and a comfort in which you communicate both of those things with the world. Mm-hmm. So not only do I like learn from the content, but I learn from the example of how you operate in that. So one, another thank you, but you just did a, another example of like um, discussing how bipolar, your bi- bipolar diagnosis has impacted your work and being able to, um, my question is how long did it take <laughs> you to be able to acknowledge this is a, a manic or a point of mania, right? Cause what you just said is that every time, everything that was created was during mm-hmm. ma- manic episodes, mm-hmm. if that's the right language. Yeah. Uh, how, how long did it take you to like identify like, Oh, this is where I'm at. Right. And then let me create. Cool. So to back up a little bit, um, for anyone who isn't familiar with bipolar disorder, um, it is basically a lifelong condition of the brain in which uh, your mood cycles between very like high mood and very low mood. The very high mood is referred to as manic episodes and the very low mood are uh, referred to as uh, depressive episode. Um, who is it? I think uh, Joe Budden says like tripolar because there's also <laughs> shout out Joe Budden. Yeah, shout out to Joe Budden. <laughs> I love when Joe Budden is gets a mention. But <laughs> notice psychologist also, Joe Budden. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because there's also points where you're not in either a high or a low mood, which uh-huh. is kind of like not built into that name. Right. So it's You're actually not switching back and forth. Yeah. It's like a pendulum more type. Exactly. Yeah, nothing's a binary, but that's the only way we're like exactly. able to com- comprehend things. Right. Button versus I... binary. <laughs> <laughs> I think of them more as like seasons of moods almost. Mm. And the way that it's more of a cycle of moods. That's yeah. how I kind of like think of it myself. Um, but yeah, so m- for me, um, these, like my depressive episodes are usually longer around like two to three months or so. Um, then there'll be a period of like kind of just stasis. And then my higher moods, my manic episodes are usually about a month and a half. Um, and I started noticing them around kind of like the end of my senior year of high school going into college. Mm-hmm. I kind of noticed like I was having these very depressive periods, but I didn't know the notice the man the mania as much yeah. until I would like look back on my like bank statements and like things like that. <laughs> until you like see the there's, product. There's of, some data here. What was yeah. in your, what was in your bank statements that was Ooh. indicating the mania? Um, just spending a lot of money. For example, uh, one time I just decided, hmm, I want to build a screen printing studio in my dorm room while I was at college. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, that was looking back. Like <laughs> you just like, why did I do that? But it was pretty dope though. You, you um, completed it? Yeah. I still have all my equipment today. Yeah, I mean, that's another instance of the usefulness of it, I guess. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, that's not, that's not a cheap. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I, it's, it's always like a love hate thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, after a while, um, after I received my actual official diagnosis, I was like, oh my gosh, this makes so much more yeah. sense now. The problem, though, is that a lot of people, under, having that understanding of yourself is super helpful because I can 
see myself like I can recognize symptoms of like a manic episode coming on mm-hmm. and a lot of people don't know that manic episodes are usually a lot more dangerous than depressive episodes mm-hmm. at least for me um that is true because mm-hmm. depressive episodes I just kind of want to sleep all day manic episodes I might go out and do some crazy stuff mm-hmm. um and another misconception is that manic episodes are all like happy but no. for a lot of people it's actually super irritating like you get really irritable and things like that um it does seem like that's the one that we just like culturally as a whole have less of an understanding of like as little understanding as there is a depression at least that's like language that people are familiar with even if they don't get what it feels like but the mania side yeah that's like not that's like when you're supposed i think like in collective thinking that's like when you're fine and then when you're depressed you're not and it's, exactly there's no fine it's all of it exactly know? and that's why i really wanted to focus black girl mania on the manic mm-hmm. side because i think i was struggling with that term black girl magic it never felt like it was something people were using to describe my work and it never felt right one is just because i'm very genderqueer mm-hmm. um and very i consider myself gender fluid um but also because like something about what they were saying was my magic didn't feel like it wasn't magic. Yeah. Like it was actually some real work that happened. Like, right. And it was like, not just like I tapped my finger and this happened. Um, but also cause I felt like at the root of that was my mania. Um, and mania is something that our society really likes basically mm. when we, cause living under capitalism, right. um, the hyper productive hyper. Exactly. Yeah. We want people to be like super hyper productive in those ways. So I was really struggling with going through these periods that people were perceiving as like my like highs, but like in a very congratulatory way mm. that were actually super destructive for me. Mm. Um, so my black girl magic has always been like linked to that. So once I made the connection that this is why I don't like that phrase, or this is why I feel some tension here. Um, that's when I was like, oh, I should make a comic about this. <laughs> that would make a great comic name. So that's how Black Girl Mania. You know, we spent a lot of time talking about imagining new worlds and making that appear. And I think some of what you were talking about, about the nitty gritty of, <laughs> I just like saying that, of the, what are the rules of this world? What are the, you know, how do the dots connect? How does this world function and work? We don't always get to the specifics mm-hmm. of that. And it kind of remains in the abstract. Have you found that the skill that you have for that on the creative side uh helps on the organizing side definitely i think um make part of like abolition is something's gonna have to happen after abolition right and i always Mm -hmm. say that my biggest fear is that we abolish everything and then we're all just like staring at each other awkwardly Mm -hmm. because we don't know what to do Mm -hmm. afterwards and then there's a corporation that's like hey i got answers (laughs) right like let's go with them Mm -hmm. yeah so we always need to be like imagining as we're tearing down, right. um, which is that more transformative justice, yeah. that like replacement aspect of it. Um, and which, I think to cut you off, sorry to do it. I, I understand that idea, but it's really hard. It's and really you're hard. Of, you know how to do it. To People some have to just like be have fun, like have fun being creative with it. Mm-hmm. I think uh, a lot of that kind of futurism that I like to do um in terms of like transformative justice, it really is a practice of futurism and building out futurism, but I like to approach it from a mythological standpoint. Um, and thinking of mythology as not just something that happened in the past a long time ago. Um, 
that were created and like these are the set mythologies and we can't create new ones not thinking of mythology as like something that's just grecian Mm -hmm. (laughs) um but thinking of mythology as like building out stories building out myths and i think we can just create our own mythologies like today and i think that those can kind of pave the way for like what our future could be and i think thinking from a more mythological standpoint um it just opens your like kind of window of like opportunity and ability Mm. and like how big the canvas is yeah and we're myth making all the time collectively now you know like whether we know it or not there's so many things that are that we are participating in the myth of because even if they're old myths even if we're not like creating new myths we still have to remake them in order for Mm -hmm. them to still be present and like Mm -hmm. i would say about 80 percent, if not more of our society is based on mythology Oh yeah, for sure. White supremacy with the stats. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love the for sure. Can I just do that number completely out yeah. of my ass? But Bria, like, stamp yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> we'll write it down. Put it in a Wikipedia page. I was listening on the drive over. We were talking before we went on to this uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson interview on Joe Rogan's podcast. Which you can always, if you listen to every ergo, you can map which podcast I listen to <laughs> on the references. That would be a cool graphic. But he was talking about looking up at the stars. And, you know, we have these constellations and this astrology. So basically he's talking about in another era, in another culture, them mapping their real life and their imagined myths onto the stars, right? So when we talk about constellations, that's them mapping it. There are all kinds of other examples of how we, you know, map, whether it's mapping it onto the stars, mapping it onto religion, mapping it onto our daily lives, that we're taking these things that we even whether they're true or not, that we understand that we observe mm-hmm. and, experience. and then we place them. And, you know, it's like the, the biggest trick in the book is projection. That's like the whole thing is we're taking this and we're projecting this onto something else. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's hard to do that from scratch, right? It is. So how in the world do you do that? Well, like I said, I just like to start with those like crazy questions. And like most of those questions I ask myself again, are like my catastrophic fears. And another one of those, for example, is like, that bananas will go extinct because oh, they, they're not very genetically diverse. And yeah, that ends up being crazy. It's central to the book. It is very <laughs> central. Little, no spoiler alert. <laughs> the whole book is really a mythology for the banana oh. plant, pretty much. Um, just taking <laughs> place in this cool. like near apocalyptic universe. Um, <laughs> but with that, we start I'm so to think delighted. about... Yeah. <laughs> and even though that's kind of like a wacky thing... Um, we still get to get into these discussion about like what banana Republic economies yeah. look like mm-hmm. and all of the mm-hmm. institutions that you. are involved in them. So we, uh, we get kill- at the, the game. We get at the real by exploring, you know, the fantasy. If we we, we put, get like, into a, the nitty gritty. I, like, <laughs> I feel like we were, if we were at a carnival right now and Damon and I were sitting on those little like stools over the, the float tanks uh-huh. and then you had to throw the ball and then you hit the target and then we fall, we just fell into the float. <laughs> <tanks>. <laughs> My like biggest new rabbit hole, uh, we were talking about this a couple of days ago, is like tracing corporations to their colonial projects, specifically around bananas and like like Mm -hmm. how the uh, like monopolies in Jamaica and then in other countries after that were established and like who owns Chiquita Banana. And it's like a like a Swiss transportation company. It's crazy Mm -hmm. Um, or it's wild. So understanding those types of things and then like imagining those in new worlds. It's kind of fun. Are you a big like internet rabbit hole person? For sure. I like will see the smallest like conspiracy theory Mm -hmm. or something like on YouTube. And Mm -hmm. then like 
I have to spend the next two hours like researching everything I can find about yeah. it. Like, Do you have a favorite one or recent favorite? Ooh. And I know as someone who shares in that exercise, I know how uncomfortable it is to I discuss know. some of them publicly. Why is it uncomfortable? <laughs> um, because I think it's twofold. One, the, that work, I think, of like inquisitive people of making sure we feel situated and verified in the information, right? Uh-huh. And like trying to, you know, clash our sources against each other. Uh, but then two, once you get to like a pretty good logic or deduce like okay this is what i understand and accept sometimes it is so um disparate or in the opposite direction of what most people expect or think that they you know in abstract thinking is like a privilege um Mm -hmm. that it becomes something that they immediately reject so not only does the idea and the like the interaction get rejected but sometimes you as a person who like oh you you entertain the idea that what we all believe isn't true you are one of those people. No, I, I that's, like, that's what I feel. Yeah. I love thought problems. Like I love creating a scenario. Shout out to thought problems. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love creating a scenario and just saying like he finding the, the, the paradox. Forgotten member of do or die, right? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Thought problems is like a, a great, great rapper rap name. name. Oh, with a, with oh a Z my god, man. <laughs> oh, we're killing it. <laughs> but I love like taking those and like, especially like historical, like or historically like physics based we talked about astrophysics a little bit before uh thought problems and things like that and just finding all the like holes in them or the paradoxes like i love exploring thought problems but i would say the latest one i've looked into was um back to autism a little bit that uh tina from bob's burgers is autistic oh. yeah and i was like huh because i've never thought uh, of that that has nothing to do with the cia <laughs> so that, that's an easier one to talk about yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've it's never a, it's a seven degrees of Kevin Bacon type situation <laughs> because you can easily jump to the conspiracy theories that the CIA created autism through vaccines and yeah, then true. they also created Bob's Burgers, which is a right. commonly known fact. You, yeah, you can definitely get to the CIA from anything <laughs> if you um, wanted to. But yeah, I was thinking about that because I never thought about mm. Tina, but I had suspected Jimmy Jr. from that show. I don't know if y'all are Bob's Burgers uh, yeah, yeah. watchers, but, a little bit. I've yeah. seen it. Name like a TV Jimmy. show. They haven't seen it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm I'm actually really really glad that you circled back there because like that's where my curiosity has been yeah. since like the five minute mark when when Kiss stepped out it, to get the charger and you you mentioned this. Um, so I want to give you the like out or the agency if like this is too laborious. No, you don't have to do it. But it. Um, you know you acknowledge that that you are autistic mm-hmm. and one I did not know that and two I think autism in the world similar to how we were talking about is one of those things that gets thrown out. Probably all of these things do, but that's like one of the like top things that gets thrown out like informally or kind of casually or insensitively. Yeah, but like in quotes, like on the spectrum line. Yeah. Yeah. Or just like, or like if a kid is like doing something that's like out of the norm, like, oh man, you're acting like autistic. And, and so it gets oh, yeah. thrown out a lot. So I, I feel outside of my like basic Wikipedia WebMD knowledge, very limited. Um, so if there's any like understanding that you've gained that you can help us with. Yeah, that. for sure. It's definitely... Uh, I think it's lesser known because I just don't think about it as mm-hmm. much. Uh, it's not as it doesn't like really affect my life. Uh, I guess you could say it affects the way I socialize with people, mm-hmm. but they wouldn't notice. It's all like kind of in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's funny because a lot of people will be like, oh, you seem like so normal when I talk to you. Which and I'm like, point, right? <laughs> it's all an illusion. <laughs> um, talk about myth making. Yeah. <laughs> 
but um yeah so i when i was originally diagnosed um it was as um having asperger's um but today they pretty much just put everything under asd or autism spectrum disorders because it's really some people have these symptoms some people show these symptoms like it's very it's unique in each case um but for me it just means that sometimes i feel like an alien a little bit where (laughs) i'm like it basically feels like everyone in the world has like a toolbox that you just didn't get handed, but mm-hmm. you're just like out here. And it's yeah. like, or it's almost like everyone has like this inside joke that I'm not in on mm-hmm. a little bit when it comes to like talking to other people. That's the best way I can like explain Your it. Experience. Um, and a, That's a really interesting way of describing it. <laughs> yeah. It's, can, 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 you help with like just like a baseline like general concept like the i think the way you um explain bipolar is like really helpful really like all right i get this now yeah so anyone um who has an autism spectrum disorder basically just means that they have difficulties in community like social communication um what's considered like normative communication i should mention with the real heavy air quotes up in the air yeah <laughs> i'm throwing them up <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm um, throw up the woo i throw up the air quotes <laughs> or um <laughs> developmental disorders with relations to social communication particularly mm. um so yeah like some things that i do for example, I don't get sarcasm. Like, I just don't get it. Like, I really don't get it. And like, <laughs> that's an hilarious character trait. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, I'll try to do it sometimes, but I feel like it just comes out so mean. And I, oh. I'm just really not good at it. And I don't get it most of the time that other people do it. So, you, so don't, you don't receive it well, like understanding it either. So someone's like, "Yeah, nice shirt," and you're like, "Well, thank you." Sir. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Um, that's like a small thing. Another thing is like, you may be like, oh, you're talking to us right now. But really, I like didn't know how to talk, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So like, but luckily in school, you like learn like basic speech patterns. But that's like, that can come off uh, in practice. Sometimes I come off like overly formal in conversation mm-hmm. because the way I know how to talk is like, in paragraphs so there's like an intro a middle a conclusion so sometimes i'm like saying the simplest thing but i want to make sure i get an intro <laughs> middle and conclusion in there and people are like Bri, i just asked you what time it is you don't need to I give me a full story that. <laughs> yeah that's really interesting in the context of writing graphic novels because that's in no way that form you know it's all dialogue <laughs> <laughs> what's the kind of like brain exercise of that of like this is I talk the way people expect me to write and I write the way people talk. I think it's just the way I approach communication is very analytical um, and very almost like a collage. Mm -hmm. So like another thing, like I use very, sometimes I use very like old or like corny slang. Like I'm a very cheesy person, like (laughs) very, very cheesy, but I'm always being very serious. But people like, think i'm very funny what's an example of a term that you're just still holding on to <laughs> oh man are you saying the bees knees out here <laughs> like are we talking 1950s or 1990s because that's two different types of like corny cheesy 80s usually oh. around like 80s <laughs> <laughs> i don't even know <laughs> yeah i i can't i couldn't even give you an example i think 
the other day I told someone that they had a very daring outfit and they just Ooh. thought that was a very like weird way to describe. Uh, I love that. Yeah, that's really poetic. Yeah, like, <laughs> or um, even getting older, sometimes I'll say like, I say the word lovely a lot. I actually mm. have a tattoo of the word lovely. Oh. So I'll be like, yeah, it's a really lovely day today. But people think that's like a very old way of speaking sometimes. <laughs> oh, okay. I get little things. But when you think about it, how you learn to talk is from watching media. And a lot of the media I watch is old movies. So uh. I like, yeah, mostly I studied film. So mm. within that, I watched all old movies and no newer movies like yeah. anything like 2000s or even really the 90s on like i probably haven't seen but before then is like when much of like my media consumption is based so that's how i talk because that's how i learned to yeah. talk you know? i've been trying to get into the old movie game if you were to give like three recommendations of movies from before 1990 what would you give I and that's an say, open question. <laughs> nah, I don't get One it. of my favorite movies is Vertigo. Mm. That's one of those things I hear about. Yeah. I like it's, it's referenced. Really good. Um, it's one of the first films to notoriously have like a kind of surrealist uh movie sequence within mm. it. Um that was in like popular American film. Um oh, I want to say Koyama Scotsi, but that may be in the 90s. We'll count it. What is it? Uh it's just um uh, film of a bunch of time lapses mm. it's just like i don't know it's just like does it come with a tab of acid in the dvd no <laughs> you know like yeah it sounds no like watching just a series of time lapses yeah with no plot no no line. plot i mean you can argue that there's a plot there mm -hmm. um and then the shining is like mm. one of my favorite movies for some mm. reason too i i got two i got two i think they're both 70s uh one is clockwork orange i feel like everybody yeah. should see it not only i mean it's 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 disturbing at times no it's disturbing yeah. uh, <laughs> but i think everybody should see it because it's a it's a highly referenced movie mm -hmm. and if you and it's been like like kind of a lot of derivatives have shown up in a lot of movies you've probably seen and you didn't realize it so once you see the origin like when you hear cool. the sample yeah, yeah exactly it's definitely like a too. sample Ooh, uh, that's another layer i've not gotten to on any movie i think is the book yeah it's okay i very rarely read books i read books not movie books or books that become movies i just yeah. read the bag of movies <laughs> <laughs> and then also network Mm -hmm. which is my joint you seen that work i don't think so oh man i think it's like 76 or something it came out okay. it's this like this uh news anchor who like has this episode basically where he like can't take it anymore yeah. and he ends up starting this like social movement on like mainstream like back when it was like two only like two five and seven it was basically like the idea of like when fox first came out with like gotcha. there was a fourth oh, station yeah, yeah, yeah. that was kind of like falling off but he's like this like very charismatic pretty manic tom brokaw type of guy or somebody and who just like does these monologues it's actually really interesting i'm gonna go talk about rabbit holes so i'm going to with a rabbit hole with a subtle flex i'm going to italy in a couple weeks yes you are Ooh. and uh i've been kind of like catching up on my italian politics and stuff like that so the last two nights so cultured you know <laughs> I watched a, uh, a documentary about Silvio Berlusconi, who, if you don't know, was the prime minister. He's been kind of like the central figure in Italian politics. And he's like... He's like... Is he like their Trump kind of guy? He's like the Trumpish dude. He's I like, know that guy. Politically, hasn't been Trumpish, like in his... like. Um, like the the content the of his politics, but he like Ideology. made a fortune in real estate and then in like 
trashy TV, but has been like a, a entrepreneur and basically like has run Chicago poli- uh, Chicago politics. That's how corrupt Italian <laughs> politics is. That confusing. Um, but he's a fascinating dude. But the the one that I watched last night. So this guy Beppe Grillo, who's like the leader of the opposition party, which is like a left leftist opposition party called the Five Star Movement. He is a stand up comedian. He's like the most famous stand up in the history of Italy, or one of them. And he, I don't think he was ever prime minister, but he's like been involved in politics for the last 10, 15 years. Really interesting dude. He has a new stand up special. Oh, wow. Which is incredible. So I strongly recommend that for people. And it was just one of the things of like, what a wild time to be alive yeah way to give us a lot of information as well as like a netflix recommendation (laughs) that was that was quality that's me in my pocket right there i'm gonna take a shot real quick and like it's it's like 10 (laughs) minutes no 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 (laughs) um because i know that daniel and i have many more questions we can ask and we can do that but okay. I want to give you an opportunity. Like, what do you just want to talk about? Yeah, what like, you, you, thinking about you intrigue me so oh, much. Wow. And I also want to give you the power. So we got like, we got like five to seven minutes before we get to our cornerstone. And then we got to wrap up. Oh. If you have some ways you would like to populate that space. Let's, let's follow. It's all on y'all. Y'all are the hosts. Okay. But I did want to say, do you all watch Bounce TV? I do not. No. Bounce, what is this? Bounce TV is basically the free cable version of BET. But yes. way better. Yes. And you like a lot of movies from the 70s. They play a lot of really dope black exploitation uh, yeah, anime yeah, yeah, yeah. films. Like really late at night. Yeah, I feel That's like I might see that there. like at like a like a Sharks or something at like one in the morning. When yeah. they don't have cables. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, oh, what's this on TV? <laughs> I literally That's where I go for all my entertainment <laughs> recommendations. I literally have like a box TV with a VHS like built in. Mm. And I just have like the free channels on there. Uh, very so, cool. Yeah. Wow, you really are cool. That's like, that's like <laughs> one of those cool things. Yeah. You think that's going to like the same way that people have record players again? They're going to be like, oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Definitely. And, and the VHS. Shout out to Kush Thompson. She's a real VHS like connoisseur. For sure. Upkeeper. Anyway, let's pull back to you with the time that we have left. Unless there's anything in answer to, to Dame's question. It was just anything a shot. Thinking about? Yeah, no, I like it. I like it. We can share it, you know. Um, but I want to like give a little time to the organizing work you do. Yeah. yeah. And what the heck? <laughs> I, I mean, that's the space that I've known you in most is through your work with uh, with For the People Artists Collective. Um, Super shout out. FTP. And I know you, you've done a whole bunch of other stuff, but where in, in this moment, in this month, like where is your organizing home? What are you what are you thinking about? What are you involved in? Who are your people right now on the mm-hmm. organizing end? My people are For the People Artists Collective. Mm-hmm. The event you mentioned tomorrow is actually uh, the Lit Review Live is a part of our exhibition the do not resist exhibition that's happening right now um there's also the people's response team um who i love as well we do a lot of uh providing support to families and victims of police violence um and actually me and timmy are working on this like curriculum around uh building a network of like community investigation, community-led investigations of police violence. Mm. Um, so be on the lookout mm. for that. That was a very long, very long. Yeah. But really like the organizing is just that I'm like super focused on right now is just the day-to-day conversations with the people I see who works at like La Palma on like Holman Avenue or. Hey, shout out to, that's the, 
The, that's our joint that is the that's joint the yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Old girl. yeah what's oh, her name we, we've given her many oh, shout outs I don't know her name either her name. yo oh. if you are in Chicago even if you're not <laughs> come to Chicago and go to La Palma on like Hirsch or Potomac and Homan best right Puerto Rican food from the park, right? oh my god and just god. so welcoming and she takes oh. care of you yes she deserves love what we have shouted her out as because this is how she asked to be referred to is Mama Bear Aww. so shout out to her yes yeah yeah but like Really just taking the time to explain stuff to people that I think a lot of people, you know, you see it on like the Facebook posts all the time. It's like, you know, Google it, basically. Yeah. And it's just like, I think a lot of people just forget that at least the people I see every day in my hood don't know the name, know these terms, don't know what to put in the Google search even. Um, And it's just like, sit down and have the conversation. I'm definitely a person who's willing to sacrifice being mislabeled and being called like very like almost slurs um if it means i can get to a good place with this person Mm -hmm. in conversation yeah Yeah. and i'm also just kind of like used to it and that's not me not being like resistant to decolonizing or me like um kind of putting up with what i shouldn't yeah, be putting up with. Those terms it's not condoning exactly exist. it's yeah. like okay let's stop there let's talk about the whole theory behind this why you're using this word and then maybe like next time you see me you won't yeah use that or at least you'll pause before yeah. you say it or something right. or you know? you'll decide that like you don't that that the the myths that you've heard are still the <laughs> ones you want to hold on to but you know that they might be myths you know it's yeah. like having just a little more Mm-hmm. of a sense of like this is not how things have always been or how they have to be yeah i think and that no one's that someone that you're not angry at them in mm-hmm. the same way that's mm-hmm. a, that's a tough one though how did you you know specifically as someone who you that's mentioned the, some of the, the communication uh thing earlier in terms of like learning how to talk to people in, in these different ways mm-hmm. how did you become comfortable with that and, and you mentioned like unfortunately being used to 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 some of those terms and stuff like that but why take on that role other than it just being needed because i know that i do not always know what i know now you know um and i know that not most people i know didn't take a gender studies class Mm. at their university or whatever Um, go to a university yeah (laughs) exactly um and i think it's just like or even if they did, the teacher taught it differently, or mm-hmm. they didn't understand it then, or you know, like yeah. it's mm-hmm. not all this. So like, many layers. The people who have access understand, and then people who didn't don't understand. It's mm-hmm. many layers. To it. I also know that most of the time, people speak. They're not. They're not holding salient the legacy of their words. Mm-hmm. I was talking to someone recently about the term, or the like phrase "long time no see" that we just say all the time. Mm-hmm. Is like, I was like. I remember coming to work and I was like, what's up, y'all? Long time no see. And then I was like, oh, I think that was racist. My bad. And they were like, what is it? And I was like, pretty sure it's like a epithet of um, Asian American and Native American, mm. like speaking broken English, basically. Mm. And I was like, yeah, that's like, you're not thinking of that legacy when you just right. like say it automatically. It's, it's so many words. It's like so that. many words. So I know not everyone knows the legacy of the words that they're saying. Um we're speaking languages that are new to us, really. <laughs> like, and that are languages that are built on and built oppression, mm-hmm. right? Like we the only like languages you can get in American school unless you're like in a really 
specific environment are English, French, and Spanish. Mm -hmm. And that's not coincidental that the world was colonized by the English, the French, and Spanish. Exactly. So like our tongue and our brain wiring is filled with and we know there are all charges. kinds of things that we don't have sorry to cut you up no, that, we, I, that we don't have words for that exist yeah. like feelings yeah animals <laughs> smells emotions like we just don't have language for mm -hmm. it we need new languages yeah, yeah. i'm all about making up new words for mm. sure you yeah. got any good ones um i tried to make um what was it i can't even remember the word me too. I have this problem. I try to make up words too, but other people don't know them. Mm -hmm. So it's hard to say them to people and then I forget them. Yeah. I think I, it was zooification. That was the, the zooification? Yeah. Zooification of people, which is um, kind of like putting cultures and people on display as if mm. we were walking through a zoo. Mm. Um, I tried to make that a thing. And I remember a professor at Northwestern like used it. Like Ooh. quoting me once, Ooh. and I was like, "Oh, what's that? that's how it starts." You're like I'm yeah. in the academy. I'm in the I canon. Know. But then I was like, "Why do I need that validation?" Mm. <laughs> yeah. Same time, I could never say they that write song. the dictionaries, <laughs> yeah. right? I could never say that. Song. Have you seen Trade Day? Yes, that Long scene time. in like the alley where they're like, where he's like abusing the guys that was abusing the girl, and like some dude like curses about. He just like really calmly, Dizel just says, "That's how it starts." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. that's just one of my favorite parts of the movie. <laughs> Wow. oh man that's great wow. is, it, is it time i think it's it is time. time um first before we get to this game i just want to say i really I, I i like the way you're thinking about things and questioning and reimagining and it's it's very refreshing in a time where i have felt a little stuck to see mm -hmm. someone who and talk to someone who is reimagining so i said this way. at the ftp opening not too long ago whenever you're in a creativity funk just google deep sea jellyfishes Ooh. most creative thing in the universe Ooh. and okay. it's just really inspiring yeah <laughs> i will be doing See, that <laughs> is such a delight uh, you you are those people Google, <laughs> yeah, you are those people that like you know this hour wasn't enough like there's so much in terms of just like your personal narrative you haven't got i feel like this might be a good part two down the line yeah i feel like we're we should, bringing you back we should we now. should look uh -huh. into that cool. in, in a few months or a year so if we're still alive in the world spinning and all that we didn't even talk about you quitting your job you know it's 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 a, it's a time it's a time and we're alive but we got to do it before we get out of here whbk ergo radio 88.5 it is time to play the game that we are here to do oh, so good. we just had a great transformative intersectional loving conversation uh -huh. but now it's time for the cornerstone of our work the reason why we get up in the morning and it's all about accountability and we're oh, aggressive my. we're aggressive <laughs> with this accountability we bring in beef to these streets i propose uh -huh. that there is a sect of the world in my lifetime that has run amok and me and daniel are here to reel them back in with the help of all of our guests and those people are R&B singers. Yes, so, I've heard of this. So, yes. Oh, so you're ready. You're <laughs> ready. So every week we invite folks to start beef with an R&B singer and why. Bria, who you got? Any, any, era. any era from Motown to yesterday. Okay. So I was actually talking to my siblings about this not too long ago. Shout out to the sibling gang. Shout out to the siblings. Super sibling gang group chat. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um. It is Bobby Caldwell, hmm. who has that song. Dang, what is it called? I have to look it up now. Uh, this is a little bit of a let me school you youngin component yeah, for the old school Eric yes. fans. <laughs> Bobby Caldwell called 
What you won't do. Oh, do for love. So I thought he was black my whole life. Wow. Yes. I think that is a common misconception. Is I thought he was black. black. Whoa, and I didn't even know his name. Now to know he's not black. This I'm, is a, yes. I'm devastated. Yes. Okay. And it's like, I've had these moments before. I outrage of the day. That was great. <laughs> I've had these moments before. I remember when I was like little, I thought like Hall and Oates were black too. Yes. But when I like add them to my... <laughs> like a black ass name. <laughs> <laughs> right. When I added them to like my music library, like in high school, clearly on their album artwork, <laughs> it's clear that they're white, yeah. you know? But this Bobby dude, like when you add his music to your library the album artwork is like a black silhouette it's like (laughs) so he knew what he was doing so he i feel like he knew what he was doing but there was hollow notes it's like okay that was my bad but i feel like him fool me once yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's great i feel like with him it's like okay this is your bad now yeah this is prime rmbb we need to expand rmbb i'd say every three weeks someone on my twitter goes Y'all, did you know that Bobby called me? (laughs) (laughs) I just found out this year. I think it just became like a meme this Mm -hmm. year. And I'm just like, wow, I feel so betrayed. Wow. That's very real. Thank you so much. That's a rabbit hole I'm getting ready to go down. Thank you so much for being here. Where can the people find you? BriaRoyal.com at FKN Royal on most of my social media. Where can I get the book? BriaRoyal.com or Amazon. Or. At the release party. Uh-huh. There it is. February 10th, finally doing the release party for Black Girl Mania. Um, just to celebrate so much happened between the release and now. And I'm like finally in a place where I can like sit back and reflect. Um, so come turn up with us at Reunion Chicago, February 10th, 6:30 p.m. We're having a lightning rotating panel. So there's eight artists who are joining us, um, who are doing work in on topics of mental health and neurodivergence. So come through. We're going to need a bigger panel. Great. All right. <laughs> We're at Ergo Radio everywhere. That's all you need to know. We're going to get up out of here. York. Much love to the people. Peace. <laughs>